0: Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, I hope you've got a Bible app on your phone, because I'm going to do it a lot different than you normally see. Because I'm not going to read one text; I'm going to go through four chapters in the Bible tonight. And you know how how many of you came from a church that the goal was to get you out by 12 on Sundays? There's some kind of magic with that 12 o'clock thing, right? I promise to have you out by 12. Okay. I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter one. Again, thank you, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Devin, for the opportunity to share the word tonight. Thank you guys for coming out on a Wednesday night. How many of you know that the the Wednesday night crew is the most committed crew? It takes a commitment to go to work all day and then, you know, get home, take a quick shower, maybe grab a snack and get on back here. But let me tell you something. Uh, We sang two songs tonight. Abby and Daniel and the team did a great job. Didn't they do a great job? They sang a song about revival. i received that. And then they sang another song about House of Miracles. And I'm going to preach about that if that's okay. We're going to talk about revival. We're going to talk about House of Miracles. We're going to read a little bit from the book of Acts. And we're going to talk about the parallels between the first church and what is this church? You know, when I, got, I, I grew up here, my mom and dad are here tonight. I honor you. I thank you for being here. I would not be here without them obviously but I would not be the person I am without them. Uh, my wife is, is better looking than all of you put together. Uh, I love her and she's, she's amazing but uh, our friends are here and, and so on and so forth but everywhere I go having been raised in this community people say what is that church? What is it? What are you doing? What, what are you a part of? What is that church? What is that church about? Tonight I won't tell you what it's about. Because I believe there's a power in unity in walking through the the Cook's Food stores and the barbecue places and Aubrey's and Chick-fil-A and all of us being in alignment and all of us knowing what to say when somebody says, what is that church? We have a mission statement. This church's mission statement is we aspire to be the most loving church in the world. That's it. There's not a 10-step process. We don't have five easy ways to it's just we aspire to be the most loving church in the world. Tonight I'm going to tell you how we try to achieve that. We're going to talk about how it all started, and then we're going to talk about where it is now. Are you with me? Lord, bless your word today. I pray that you would speak through me, that you would speak, that I would shut up and get out of your way, that you would have your way, that we would do everything your way to accomplish your will, and we would do your work the way you want it done. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm not going to have you stand. That's not out of disrespect. But again, I'm going to read four books, selectives, out of each of the four, first four books of Acts. So let's start right on Acts 1, verse 2. They were greatly disturbed. I'm reading out the NIV translation. If you've got something else, it'll be close. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people. Oh, excuse me, I'm in four. Curveball. Can y'all hit a curveball? My man Landon Franklin can hit one. Did I see Landon out there or just Aaron? Landon's here. Landon, stand up. Landon is one of our, hey, he's one of ours, and he signed a baseball scholarship to the University of Kentucky. Can you give the Lord praise? We are proud of him. His mom and dad might be a little bit. Verse 3, chapter 1. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Say alive. Alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Skip down. Verse 9. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. That's the words of Jesus in red letters. Amen? Skip on down. But you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Say in Jerusalem. We're going somewhere with that. All Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth include Cleveland, Tennessee. They include Chattanooga, Tennessee. Skip on down. 12. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath walk from the city. When they arrived, remember it said they would return to Jerusalem. So they've already returned to Jerusalem. From the Mount of Olives. They went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Those present were the 11 disciples. I won't read each one of them. But there were 11 of them. Why? Because one ratted Jesus out. Sold him for 30 pieces of silver. Hung himself. Fell. You know the story. Judas is out. So we only got 11 left. That's who all joined together in prayer. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Okay? So here. Check this out. 11. 11 disciples. Meet in the upper room and have the first church business meeting. The very first church business meeting on the agenda was to name the twelfth. The Bible says that they narrowed it down to two, which means they had a difference of opinion. Can you say amen? amen? We don't all look the same. We don't all think the same. We don't. If you got two people in a room, two people got they got differences of opinions. My wife reads James Dobson. We're raising two kids. If James Dobson says if you got more than one kid, you'll have one compliant, one defiant. Amen. So you're going to have differences of opinion with the 11 that are there. So they cast lots, basically flipped a coin to see who won. Matthias gets named as the 12th disciple. Check this out. In those days, Peter stood among the believers, and the group was about 120. I want to talk to you about expansion. I want to talk to you about multiplication. I want to talk to you about adding names to the Lamb's book of life, getting people saved. Changing people's lives tonight. They started with 11. They go to the upper room. They got 11. They've been at the Mount of Olives. They come back to Jerusalem. They got 11. They named the, the 12th. The 12th's there. Mary and her crew, Mary, mother, ma- the mother of Jesus, and all her family comes in. Now, 11 became 12, became 120 immediately in the upper room. You following me? Expansion takes place. So if I got 12, and all of a sudden I got 120, that's an exponent, math teachers, of 10. Ten times. The church grew ten times overnight with this multiplication and expansion that's taking place in the upper room. Skip on down. Verse 23. So they nominated two men, Joseph called, I can't even see that, Barsabbas. They cast lots, and Matthias won, so he became the twelfth apostle. Are you with me so far? Watch this. We're going on to chapter 12. Remember this now. Luke wrote the book of Acts. It's around 65, maybe 68, maybe 70 A.D., so about 2,000 years ago. I want you to see the similarities in the first church and our church today on Keith Street. The second day, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Say all together. There's a reason that we assemble in the house of God. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Suddenly a sound came blowing like a violent wind from heaven filled the whole house where they were seating. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated them, came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You can't speak in other tongues unless the Spirit enables them. What is that church? Do y'all speak in tongues? Yeah. Do y'all run around? Yeah. Do y'all jump around? Yeah. Do y'all wave flags? Yeah. Do y'all paint? Yeah. Do y'all sing loud? Yeah. Do y'all sing the same song 75 times? Yeah. Why are you judging? What, do you know what that person who's running around has been delivered from? Do you know what that person waving that flag had to go through to get to wave that flag? Do you understand what this... What is this church? This church says freedom. This church says come in here and express yourself... Don't be out of line. Don't 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 do something for attention. Don't be distracting. But you worship the Lord with freedom in this church. Is that okay? Amazed and perplexed. Verse 12. They asked one another, what does this mean? Some made fun of them. Y'all handle snakes? No, we don't handle snakes. They've had too much wine. Those folks are drunk over there. They're crazy. They've had too much wine. Who defended the first church Christians when they said they had too much wine? It was Peter. Guess who Peter is? Peter's the liar. He's the denier. He's the attempted murderer. Attempted murderer. What are you talking about? Do you remember when Peter was defending Jesus when they came to get him and he swung his sword and he cut off Malchus's ear? I don't think he was swinging for the ear. I think he was going for the head. Amen? So you got a liar, a denier... You got an attempted murderer, and he's defending them, saying they hadn't had too much wine. Look what he says. He says, Those people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Let me tell you about this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Can you say all people? Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Servants, both men and women. Is there a place for men and women? Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days and they will prophesy. I'll show wonders in heavens above, signs on the earth. I'm going to keep moving. Peter replied, down about 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. I got wayward kids, Richie. You don't know what's going on. Did you plant seeds? Did you raise them right? They're going to return. Amen. Can you claim that tonight? Yes. If you planted seeds and you raised them the right way, the Bible says that you're going to get victory over that. You're going to have a chance for them to re- reach out and receive the message that is being promised to you and your children and all who are afar off for all whom the Lord God will call. Then it says this. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. You see that? 3,000 that day. We've gone from 11 to 12 times 10, 120 to 3,000, which is just conveniently 25 times an exponent of 25. That's how fast it's growing. And the Bible says that day. Think about that. Keep going. How does it end? Chapter chapter 2. Verse 47 says, They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What, what is this church all about? What is this church? What is it that, that thing you're involved in over there, Richie? What is that? that? The Trees to Trend building. The old Walmart building. Anybody remember when this was the Walmart? Y'all know who built this building? Y'all know who Bob Corker is? Bob Corker, our politician, that's who built this building a hundred years ago. No, not quite. little piece of history right there. So Acts 2 ends with them praising God and enjoying the favor on all people. Favor on all people. Favor of everybody. Go on to chapter 3. Watch what happens now. Peter and John were going to the temple one day in prayer. About three in the afternoon, a man who was lame from birth was carried to the temple at the gate called Beautiful, where he put everything to beg, uh, beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now watch this. This is, this is what fires me up. Peter said, Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Think about that. You got a guy who's begging for some, some loose change. We got beggars here. We got people that stand in the highest traffic areas in Cleveland or any other city in America, and they're begging for loose change. The beggar's laying at the city gate. The city gate is the highest traffic area in Jerusalem. That's why he's there. Why did he go there? Because his location, proximity. That's the highest trafficked area in Jerusalem. That's why he went to Jerusalem, right? Because more people would pass by, thus hopefully getting more money. He's begging for loose change. And you know what Peter said? He said, I ain't got any change, but how about I give you your legs? See, so many times we ask for small things because we limit God. We need God to take care of a small problem in our life. And God says, I don't just fix little things like that. Let me change your whole world. See, I'm God. I can heal you because I created you. If I made your body, I know how to heal your body. If you won't lose change, I can, pay your, I can pay your house off. If you're lame, I can help you. I, I'll give you your legs back. Don't limit God in the things that you ask Him for and believe Him for. Give Him your life and let Him give you abundant life. Amen? Silver and gold, I've got none. So he jumped to his feet and began to walk. He went to the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. If you couldn't walk, and then all of a sudden you could, I think I could dunk. Walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praised God, they recognized him as the man who sat and begged at the temple gate. They knew this guy because he was always out there begging. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. What if people looked at you because you grew up here or they know you from your past and looked at you with wonder and amazement at what God had done in your life? What is this church? It's a church of revival. It's a church of house of miracles. And and let me just throw you this a little bit. When we talk about why he begged at the city gate, it was all about location. It was all about the highest trafficked area. It was about the place where the most people could pass by and see him there. When we started praying, and Pastor Kevin said, I believe God wants us to go to Cleveland, we started praying about a location. And what did God give us? Keith Street. Keith Street. The highest trafficked area in Cleveland, Tennessee is Keith Street. Right here where you are tonight. More cars pass on that road out there than any other road in this city. And it's been that way for 50 years. He didn't give us some backwoods, a little chapel, in some corner on a farm. He said, no, no, no. You go to Keith Street, and you get 60,000 square feet because you're going to need it. And I told you, O Ye of Little Faith, the night before we opened on January 8th, the, the setup crew called and said, how many chairs you put out? I said, ah, let's put out 600. God checked me. said, that's not enough. And I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Hey, guys, put out 700. And 1,178 of y'all showed up. That's expansion. (laughs) Expansion and multiplication of biblical proportions. Peter saw this. He said, why do you, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as as if it's our own power, our godliness that made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, and they had decided to let him go. But by faith in the name of Jesus, the man who you see now is made strong, and it is because of Jesus. It's because of faith that comes through him that he has been completely healed, as you can see, with your own eyes. This miracle took place, and they saw the results of it. So then Peter says to them, hey, repent. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Let me put it this way: they're assembled. They're assembled in the upper room, but before they were assembled in the upper room, here's what we talked about in Acts one: Jesus revealed Himself in person for forty days after the crucifixion and resurrection. Now, imagine being a disciple and giving your life to Christ and following Him and laying down everything, forsaking everything in your future and saying, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. They take the Christ that you're following, crucify Him. He rises from the dead. The tomb is empty, but you haven't seen Him yet. You haven't seen Him yet. You you saw Him. You walked with Him. You left your family. you, You quit your job. You walked with Him. You spent three glorious years watching Jesus teach. You believed every word he said, and you believe, you think, you hope, you you trust that he, he was resurrected. The tomb's empty, so God, I hope, I hope, I hope. And then he does the unthinkable. He shows up. For 40 days, randomly, erratically, spontaneously, he shows up. And you're like, it's true. It's true. He's alive. Can you imagine being disappointed and disillusioned and fearing for your life because of your association with Jesus? Peter denied him three times. After Jesus said, you're going to deny me. No, I would never do that. Yeah, I don't know him. I told you I don't know him. Profanity, I don't know him. How confused they had to be. How disheartened and disillusioned and desperate they had to be. And then he shows up and reveals himself and said, it's real. It's real. It happened. This is me. So you take these guys that were disappointed, delusioned, and and, and confused and hurt. And all of a sudden they become bold. And they become confident. And they start believing. And they start spreading the gospel and telling people about Jesus. And they tell them about the birth of Christ born of a Virgin Mary, and how he healed the sick, and how he did all these miraculous wonders. And one has to ask, well, where did he come from? Well, he was born in Bethlehem. Well, why was he born? See, we know the story of Christmas. Non-Christians know the story of, Christian, uh, of Christmas. Non-believers know the story of Christmas. We've even got a term for some people called CEO Christians. That means they go on Christmas and Easter only. CEO Christians, right? Right? People know the story of Christmas. Everybody knows why he came to the earth to forgive us of our sins, right? So why did he leave? Why did he have to leave? I, I have a, a theory on that. I believe, I believe it's this way. I believe that Jesus had never left because he was a physical presence, took on the form and figure of a man, and he was a physical presence on earth. He could only be at one place at one time. The greatest teacher, the greatest storyteller of all time had a physical presence from age 30 to 33. Wherever he was, he was teaching the gospel. But when he died and rose again and left the earth, after those 40 days, the Bible said he was taken up into the clouds. He ascended into the clouds. When he left, he said, I will send you the comforter. I will send you the counselor. I will send you the Holy Spirit. But here's what happened. His physical presence on earth couldn't match His omnipresence in heaven. See, He couldn't be all things to all people in all places when He was a physical man. He laid the foundation and the groundwork so that He could go back to being a head, a triune, one of the three of the triune of God, and go back to being omnipresent. But what He did is He equipped the saints to tell the story. And that's how the church grew exponentially. That's how the church is growing today because of life-giving churches like RTTM. Can you give the Lord praise on that? The church could not have multiplied and expand at the rate that it did after the upper room experience if Jesus was still on earth because everybody would have been waiting for Jesus to tell the story. Another misconception. So imagine this, because this is a very traditional town, right? Uh, People people ask, why y'all coming to Cleveland? Like we need another church in Cleveland. Did you know that 68% of Bradley County does not go to church anywhere? Why why y'all coming to... I mean, we got churches on every corner. We got... 28 Church of God's and 57 Baptist churches and Church God of God prophecy headquarters here. We got Church of Design Assemblies headquarters here. We got headquarters of every church, every denomination. This is the most church place in the world. My dad calls it the buckle of the Bible belt. Why do we need another church here? Because 68% don't go anywhere. Multiplication, expansion. We got choices of schools. We got choices of clothes. Some of y'all got choices of hair. I don't. Church choice is important. Some like it loud. Some like it. Don't, some don't like it loud. Some like lights. Some don't like lights. It's okay. There's something for everyone in the kingdom of God. But the church grew daily. And one of the reasons I think it grew was because when you're a traditionalist and when you've been raised in a certain way and you went to a certain school all your 12 years and maybe you went to a certain church for 50, 60, 70 years or whatever, sometimes That's what you believe. These folks didn't stop believing. I want you to watch what happened. When they accepted Christ and the upper room movement took place and it went from 11 to 12 to 120 times 10 to, uh, I'm sorry, times 10 to 120 times 25 to 3,000 and eventually Peter and John got arrested. They got thrown in jail for teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. While they were in jail, the gospel continued to spread. And all of a sudden, now they got 5,000 people believing in Jesus Christ. Because they were raised as Jews, I don't think they immediately forsook their Jewish traditions. I actually think they might have continued to go to the synagogue. Believing that what they saw was the fulfillment of prophecies. Going to church with those who denied that it was the fulfillment of prophecies. Arguing, mad. Uh, ticked off. How dare you? Who threw Jesus in prison? Who, who threw Peter in prison? Who threw John in prison? Who threw any of the, the liars, the deniers, the Messiah defiers, those that denied that he was the Christ? That those that said, no, the Messiah has yet to come. He's not come yet. So those are the people that were fighting against that. Now watch this. Nothing wrong with that tradition. I want to be real clear. There's nothing wrong. I, I said earlier, it can be quiet, it can be, it can be reverent, it can be loud, you can jump around, you can do nothing wrong with any type of worship. All of it is needed and all of it is welcomed in the body of Christ. But what is this church? This church is what you see. What you see is what you get. This is how we do it. Uh, I, had, I was with Pastor Kevin one day and um, somebody came up and said, man, I love everything but the music. It's just so loud. Pastor Kevin said, I'm glad you... I'm glad you love the church. And they said, Well, can we do something about the music? He said, Nope. That's who we are. That's our DNA. That's how we're going to do it. Some people like it, some people don't. What is this church? This church is a freedom, it's an expression. It's the most loving church. We want to be a loving church. We're committed to all opinions, and opinions may vary. If you got 3,000, if you got 11, if you got 12, if you got one or two or three, there's always going to be opinions. But here's what we believe. As a church. The kingdom of God is open to all. Black, white, brown, red, yellow, rich, poor, mansions, and homeless. It's open to everyone. And RTTN Church is a place where you can belong before you become. Well, none of us are there yet. Amen. You can belong before you become. Because all of us are work. None of us are there. None of us ever will arrive. The thing I love about Pastor Kevin is he's real. He'll tell you when he's ticked off. <laughs> he'll tell you when, you know, he'll tell you when he's hurting. He's gonna be a real person. We try to be a real person. We're not we're not anything other than what you see. We can't be anything other than what we are. So the preacher gets so full of it, and Peter and John get bold, and they go out and start laying hands on people. And they start walking. And then all of a sudden they're teaching. They get thrown in jail. 5,000 believers. And then revival continues to break out. Sing a song about revival. Let me just throw this little two minutes in. Revival is breaking out in February of 2023. All over the world. But especially on college campuses. Kids are hungry for Jesus Christ. Every movement that's taken place in America has always started with young people. Okay? And I, I know some of you are squirming right now. I'm not going to offend anybody. I want to tell you this right now. What's happened at Asbury? What's happened at my alma mater, Lee? What's happened at Cedarville? What's happened at Pensacola? What's happened? That's glorious. It's beautiful. I watched today on cable news. that said that uh, eight people left class one day at Asbury and started praying in Kentucky. And as of yesterday... Through the first 14 days of that revival, over 50,000 people have come to experience that revival. Can you give the Lord praise? (laughs) Is that exponential? I can't even do that high of a math equation. So we celebrate that. And here's the other piece of that. We, We don't have all the information as to how long it should go. We don't know all that. We don't make those decisions. But what we can control is what we do and what we say. And what we're going to do and what we're going to say is that we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to do in us what he wants to do in us. We're going to stop asking the Lord to solve this little problem and give us our legs back. don't, Don't solve this little problem. Give us this life you call abundant life. That's what we want. Acts 4. I can't wait to tell you this is the best part. Acts 4. Greatly disturbed prophets. Let's see, where am I? Verse 2. The apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming Jesus the resurrection from dead. John, they seized Peter and John. Okay, I've already got to that. Threw them in jail. There was 5,000. Peter and John told him, Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind, which we must be saved. What does that mean? It continues to say over and over again, Man takes no credit for what's taking place. My name's Peter, and I did not heal that lame man. Jesus Christ healed that lame man. No man takes credit for 1178 showing up day one. Jesus Christ gets all the glory for that. No man or woman takes credit for 350 of you showing up tonight. Jesus Christ gets all the praise and the glory for that. We got people all the time coming in. They fly in from out of town to meet with us. We want to know how you did this and how you did it. We don't know. We pray, we ask God, and God breathes on it, and God favors us. When they saw the courage in Peter, I think I'm about verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, remember, Peter's the denier, the liar, the attempted murderer. They were dazed and confused just a few days before this. Peter and John, when they saw Peter and John, mark your Bible right here, they realized they were unschooled. Ordinary men. They were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. One translation said they were perceived to be ignorant. One translation said they had no educational advantages. One translation says they were ordinary men. See, they were ordinary men doing extraordinary deeds because of the power of the Holy Spirit. But then it says this. This this is, this is what gets me. Peter explains to them, if, if you if you got a problem with me laying hands and giving people their legs, I'm not going to fight you on that. Uh, the gospel starts spreading. They tell them not to do it anymore. They say, stop this thing from spreading any further among the people. We must warn them to speak no longer to anyone about this name. They called them again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. That was then. This is now. Don't teach or speak anymore in the name of Jesus. Cancel culture. It's the same thing. It's been going on for 2,000 years. There are those that are in opposition to the truth. There are those that are in opposition to our faith. There are those that don't understand that. But look what it says. It says It says the Bible says this. The boldness and confidence took over. And they could not take their eyes off them. They could not take their eyes off them because they had been with Jesus. They took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Oh, let that be my legacy. I don't want to be anything, but man, that dude loves Jesus. He he sometimes messes up and he sometimes irritates me and he's he's not always the friendliest. And man, but he I know he loves Jesus. And he may not be the smartest person in the world, and you may be smarter and you have more degrees and, and you may have this, that, and the other. But oh, if they would look at us and say, I don't know what that church is, but everybody I know that goes there, they love Jesus. They're a little cray cray, but they love Jesus. They dance around, they run around. I really don't know what's going on, but they love Jesus. That that would be your legacy. That people would look at you and perceive that... How do they do what they're doing because they're not that good? That's the greatest compliment you could ever pay. The greatest compliment you could ever receive is... They're not that good. But look what God's doing through them. That way He gets all the credit. Oh, that they would look at us and say... Man, those people have been with Jesus. So what do we try to do here? We try to provide a place... Where Jesus' reputation is safe. Because I believe this. God blesses where his reputation is safe. You want the favor of God on your life? Live a holy life. Aspire to hear those seven words. Well done thou good and faithful servant. Do what you can to exhibit and represent Christ. In an honoring way. In all that you do and say. So what is this church? We want to give you hope. We want to tell you that. It's going to be okay. We want to do life with you. We want to pray with you. We got, we got prayer at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Some of you come. We got prayer at noon on Tuesdays. We got a midweek service on Wednesday. We got a young adult 18 to 28 service on uh, Thursday. There's youth over there. You can hear them uh, human beatboxing over there right now. Going at it and having a good time. We have got children over here. We got service on Sundays at 9. We're going to do all we can to do life with you. And equip you. And, and let me just say this. The enemy tried to attack us with COVID. The enemy told our government to tell us that the church was non essential. Strip clubs were essential, church was non essential. The devil tried to shut us down, and he tried to tell a lot of you. I, a lot of you have, have come back to church after not going to church during COVID. You know who you are. You've told me that. You got comfortable watching it online. And what I would say to you is this. You can't capture on camera what's taking place in the house of God. You can't see somebody in that corner over there who's being prayed for receive the Holy Ghost. You can't see a man and woman get their marriage revived in this altar right here. You can't see a wayward child come back to Jesus right over here. He tried to shut us down, but he lost One in five churches closed during COVID. Tragedy. RTTN is expanding. We're in Athens. We're in Cleveland. We're in Chattanooga. We're in Uruguay. We're in Bulgaria. And we're not stopping. We're not backing up. We're not afraid. We're taking this thing to the next level everywhere we go. And we're doing it with your help and your assistance and your alignment and being on our team. So tonight I ask you. What is it that you want from God? Have you limited Him? Have you asked Him for things that are trivial? Because here's what I believe. I I believe you can actually ask for things that are an insult to God. Some things are an insult to God. Some things we just need to suck it up and do ourselves. We need to take care of things ourselves. Don't ask God for something so small that it's not worth His time to fix when you can do it yourself. Ask God for the big. You know what the big stands for? Not not notorious, B-I-G. B-I-G, the blessings in God. The beggar asked for some loose change. God gave him his legs. Amen? That's what we're talking about tonight. Stand with me. I want to charge you tonight. I want to tell you to stop trying to fit in where you don't belong. You've been set apart book of Jeremiah says you've been set apart. You are special. You have great value. You have great worth to the kingdom of God. There's a place for you to serve in this church. Many of you went through ConnectTrack tonight. And, and, and you know what? They, they come from all over to be a part of what we get to be a part of. I live five minutes from here. I'm so honored to be a part of this. But correct me if I'm wrong, but are you guys not from Houston, Texas? Do you not live in Houston, Texas? How long does it take you to drive here? Twelve hours. And how often do you come? Been here four times since December. What is this church? What is this church that they would drive? I mean, you got to work. you got a job. you got to pay bills. But somehow you say it's worth it to drive 12 hours. You were here Sunday, right? Did you go home and come back? You stayed? I want to help you. When this is over, I want to talk to you. I admire people who pursue God that way. It's pretty easy for us, isn't it? But you got people driving 12 hours to get what we can we can take part of five, six days a week. I just when I saw them today, I thought, my God, I think those that's those people from Houston. We got a lady who moved here from New York, bought a house this week. She told me on Sunday, Pastor Richie, I got a house. What are you doing? I had to move. You got a job, no? I just had to get here. See, God honors that kind of pursuit. God has a purpose, and he's got a plan for you. There's a place for you at RTTN. What is this church? It's your church. You are the church. It's not a fancy building. It's not that white church that got painted up white and got black letters on it. It looks really cool and got cool carpet and chairs and lights and got a lobby that my staff calls that lobby Texas. Man, Rich, we got a lobby big as Texas. That's just all for you. But what do you want from God? And are you willing to allow Him to do what He needs to do, not what you want Him to do? Are you willing to receive all that God's got for you tonight? And fill in and do your part. to Be a part to, of building the kingdom of God in a church that wants to expand exponentially. The, the church of Acts grew daily that parking lot's full and some of you are parking over at Arby's but we're not done yet this is your church you are the church and you're needed and you're valued and some of you tonight have needs I'm not talking about wants, I'm talking about real legit needs and in a moment as we do here, I'm going to let those of you that need to go and get your kids and go home and get ready for work, we're going to We're going to give you that opportunity to do that. But for those of you that want to press in and you want to pursue and you want to find your purpose and you want to find forgiveness. Why did he come? To forgive us of our sins. Why did he leave? So it could spread like wildfire. What's your legacy going to be? All I want people to say is, man, that guy loved Jesus. He wasn't perfect, but he loved Jesus. If that's what you want tonight, as heads are bowed, Eyes are closed. Is there anybody in the house tonight that you want to rededicate your life? Maybe you walked with God at some point in time, but maybe you strayed away. Maybe you were that that COVID online person who got comfortable. And you would say tonight, hey, Rich, man, I, I need to get going again. I need to get my groove back. I need to get back in church doing what I need to be doing. I want to serve. I want to recommit. I want to rededicate. I, I just want to do better, Pastor Richie. Would you raise your hand? You just want to do better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the place. Is there anybody out there that would say, hey, yeah, I, I want to be a part of this exponential expansion and multiplication that's taking place. We're not going to embarrass you, but I want you to just, you know what? Open your eyes. I want. You, I want all... Eyes open and all heads not bowed. How about that? Change the groove a little bit. Who's in with us? Who says, I want to be a part of this exponential expansion and multiplication and taking place. And I want to do my part. And I'm going to do my part. I'm all in. I'm the ch- I am the church. I am RTTN. I will exhibit and represent Jesus Christ the best way I possibly can. I won't be perfect. But I want people to look and say, I love Jesus. That gal loves Jesus. That guy loves Jesus. If you need prayer for anything, this is your moment. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to get down here. Then we're going to sew it up. We're going to pray and I'm going to dismiss you. 30 seconds. If you need to come to the altar for any reason, our prayer team is waiting on you. soul. You bless my soul. I love you. Bless you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. But I like your hat. Y'all got a pretty good baseball team out there, don't you? I I love you loved it. I'm going to talk to you in just a minute. Stretch your hand this way. Lord, I thank you for those that came out on a Wednesday night. I thank you for those that have a desire to pursue you. I thank you for those that have recognized that you've got a plan and you've got a purpose. I thank you for those that, that want to be set apart, that they're tired of the status quo. Lord, status quo has got to go. It's time for us to step up and step into this moment. Lord, I ask that you touch every person in this house and those that will watch and stream online. God, help us. We can't do it. We haven't become, but we do belong. You give us an opportunity to be part of your kingdom. And I ask that everyone with their hands raised and those that don't have their hands raised are blessed beyond measure. I pray that when they ask you for loose change, you give them their legs back. I pray that when they ask you for a little, you give them a lot. I pray that they would be a safe place because, God, you bless where your reputation is safe. May we be a blessing. May we represent you well. May we be the church on our jobs, in our daily lives. Lord, I pray for restoration and redemption. The greatest story of the Bible of redemption is Peter, God. The liar, the denier. God, nobody in here has done that. Bless them. Protect them. Do everything that you need to do, Lord. Not what we want, but what you need to do in our lives. Call you blessed and highly favored. With unusual, supernatural success this week. In Jesus' name and all you do. Amen and amen. We'll see you Sunday.